We would like to welcome you to another edition of The Jazz Show on CRTR-FM 101.9 or on your computer, of course, www.citr.ca. My name's Gavin Walker, and we have, of course, a whole lineup of people to play for you this evening for three hours plus. We go on until um, well after midnight, so... We hope that you can join us at least for part of that time, or if you can join us for all of that time, hey, (laughs) you've got as much endurance as I do. Anyway, (laughs) whatever. We um, are a a little later on going to celebrate. Today is the birthday of one of the most shamefully underrated alto saxophonists. I'm talking about Sonny Chris, who was born today. He, um, he died in 1977, um, rather sadly. He, he, he uh, was a victim of, his, uh, of suicide because he had been diagnosed with um, incurable stomach cancer, and he decided that to avoid all of the pain and medications and everything else, and he ended his life. His career was a study in frustration as well, but he was one of the most incredible voices of the alto saxophone and one of the most easily identifiable. We're going to hear some of his music from some rare recordings that he did uh, during um, a short stay that he had in Europe in um, the mid-60s. I'll tell you more about Sonny Chris a little later on in the show. But of course, we're going to get to our jazz feature right off the top. And If I say that Sonny Chris was a a neglected musician, at least he was reasonably well-known. Of course, as many of you listeners, regular listeners know, we're doing a month of jazz features on musicians that are quite obscure. Some of their names are not even known to dedicated jazz fans. They um, pose a big question mark. Who's that? Really? Well, tonight is another one. And his name, Wilbur Harden. Wilbur was born in Birmingham, Alabama. He's a trumpet player who later on switched to the larger, more mellow flugelhorn, which is a trumpet, but it's again, it's slightly larger and it has a bigger bore, and it is also a more mellow-sounding instrument. And Wilbur Hardin was one of the first to use that instrument in modern jazz. Unfortunately, Wilbur's career was curtailed by illness. It wasn't drug addiction. Uh, so many musicians went down because of that, overdoses, all that sort of uh, stuff, bad health. Um, Wilbur Hardin, um, unfortunately, was diagnosed um, in the, his most productive year, uh, recording-wise, was 1958. But uh, in, later on in that year, he was hospitalized uh, with an undiagnosed illness. And it, um, whatever it was... Uh, it affected uh, both his mental state and his physical state, and he uh, literally uh, stopped playing 
1960. He made his last recording as a sideman with trombonist Curtis Fuller in 1960, and he was never heard of again. And he died in 1969 in New York City, um, June the 10th, 1969. Sad to say, uh, totally forgotten, and um, this obscure musician. But as I mentioned before, 1958 was a very productive year, and that's the year that uh, our jazz feature um, stems from. Wilbur, as I said, was born in Birmingham, Alabama, and started playing at a young age. Uh, he taught himself out of books and, and just learning scales and listening to the radio and, and doing some copying, became quite competent, and joined some local R&B bands. He became good enough. Uh, his reading skills were good, and his musicianship was good, which he uh, developed himself. And uh, he managed to hook up with some well-known R&B artists. Roy Brown, a great singer, was one of them, and the even more famous Ivory Joe Hunter. And with Ivory Joe, he toured the country and ended up in Detroit, Michigan, where he decided to set up a, a home and settle for a while. And he joined, after he left Ivory Joe Hunter, and joined the great Youssef Latif, who was based in Detroit, and joined his group and committed himself to playing nothing but jazz. And he also, at that time, committed himself to playing the flugelhorn. So he did some recordings with uh, Youssef Latif um, and eventually moved to New York City, where in the summer of 1958, he actually recorded with John Coltrane uh, for Prestige. And it's a, a wonderful album um, that was issued as Standard Coltrane. And it's a very fine session. And he and John Coltrane really um, established a nice rapport together. The Coltrane connection continued uh, when Wilbur was signed by Savoy Records, one of the many good jazz labels. And Wilbur made four albums under his own name for Savoy Records, three of them with John Coltrane as a sideman. And uh, all of these records are very, very high quality, and they were all done in 1958. And uh, as I said later on, he, um, his playing, uh, he had to curtail his activities because of this ongoing illness, and he made his final recording uh, with the trombonist Curtis Fuller in 1960, and that was the end of his recording career. So getting back to this recording, it's uh, an album called, it came out on Savoy Records called Mainstream 58. And it's a, a wonderful recording session. John Coltrane is a sideman on here. And his playing is absolutely beautiful. Um, Coltrane had, by 1958, had reached a creative peak in his playing. Uh, he was working steadily with Miles Davis, of course, and recording lots of albums under his own name. And it was a very special time in, in Coltrane's uh, career because he had reached this um, peak performing level. Uh, the music was just pouring out of him, and it was so lyrical and so beautiful. 
Later on, of course, his style changed as he moved into the 60s. But this particular period was known as Coltrane's Sheets of Sound period. And uh, it's a very wonderful, uh, a lot of people really, really relate to John Coltrane in this period, which was like 1958, 1959, that, that period in his playing. And his sound was so marvelous as well. Everything was under control. No more fumbling around, no more squeaks and squawks. It was just the music just flowed out of him. And John and Wilbur Hardin worked together so beautifully uh, in ensembles. They really had a nice, nice thing going. Wilbur Hardin wrote all of these tunes on this, uh, on this session as well. There are six of them, and uh, all of the tunes are his compositions, and they're all quite wonderful in their own way. Actually, um, there's only five. <laughs> Sorry to disappoint you, uh, but that's okay too. And they're all, as I said, they're all wonderful. The people involved here, uh, Wilbur Hardin on flugelhorn, John Coltrane on tenor saxophone, the great poet of the piano from Detroit, Tommy Flanagan on bass, another Detroiter, Doug Watkins, and the wonderful Lewis Hayes. Lewis Hayes is still very much with us and one of the finest drummers on the planet. And um, all of this was recorded in New York City, March the 13th. 1958. The music, as I said, all composed by Wilbur Hardin. We opened, uh, we opened the set with a tune called Wells Fargo. The second tune, um, dedicated to where he lived in New York, is called West 42nd Street. The third tune has a, a rather mysterious title. It's just letters. E-F-F H. Whatever that stands for. Uh, tune number four is called Rotomagnetics. And tune number five has got a little more simple title. It's just called Snuffy. So here then is the music of Wilbur Hardin and John Coltrane. Mainstream 1958.
our jazz feature this evening. The music of Wilbur Hardin. He was the man that uh, composed all of those uh, pieces and played the flugelhorn and led the band. And, of course, Mr. Hardin, as I mentioned before, had a rather truncated uh, career. Basically, um, he recorded some nice albums in uh, 1957 as a sideman with Yusef Latif, and then in 1958 with uh, John Coltrane, and then four albums for Savoy Records under his own name in 1958, um, three of them with John Coltrane as a sideman, and uh, his last recording was with um, trombonist Curtis Fuller in 1960, and um, Mr. Hardin was... Uh, taken to the hospital. He had some uh, undiagnosed illness and unfortunately never played again and died in June of 1969. Completely forgotten and obscure figure. And yet, these recordings and one we just listened to, um, he was certainly an important voice on the Flugelhorn, which is um, a larger, more mellow-sounding trumpet. Miles Davis played the flugelhorn, Art Farmer as well, and several other trumpet players liked that particular horn. Um, it was known for um, having a, a deeper sound and so on, but Wilbur Hardin was one of the first to uh, completely commit himself to it and, of course, um, was a wonderful player. He wasn't a flashy player. But he certainly didn't uh, play a lot of um, uh, cliches. He played his own ideas and had a, a very nice uh, approach, thoughtful approach to music and, of course, a lovely sound that he produced on that instrument. So we heard this uh, recording session. This was his first for Savoy Records and actually the first under his own name. And the album was uh, called, it was issued on LP, of course, and it was called Mainstream 58. And I erroneously, I must have read wrong, um, I said there were only five tunes on the album, but there are actually six. And we'll go over them in a second. But uh, we heard Wilbur Hardin on flugelhorn and, of course, all of his own compositions. John Coltrane, uh, naturally, on tenor saxophone. Tommy Flanagan on piano. Doug Watkins on bass. And Louis Hayes, the only surviving member of this quintet, on drums. All of this was recorded March the 13th, 1958 for Savoy Records. The uh, tunes, we opened with one called Wells Fargo. The second tune was uh, one that uh, several people recorded this tune called West 42nd Street, and uh, that's, the, uh, that's where Wilbur Hardin lived in New York City. Uh, tune number three was kind of an exotic-sounding piece uh, with a Latin flavor and had a rather um, mysterious title, just a bunch of letters, E-F-F-P-H. There you go. Uh, tune number four was called Rotomagnetics. Tune number five was a blues called Snuffy. And tune number six was called Countdown. Now, a couple of years later, John Coltrane recorded a piece called Countdown. This is a very, obviously, a very different version. This is Wilbur Hardin's tune. Just happened to have the same title. 
Countdown, and that was the final tune of the set. So we heard the music continuing our jazz feature series with um, obscure, unknown, but very quality artists, and we heard Wilbur Harden, born in Birmingham, Alabama, on New Year's Eve, 1924, and died in New York City, June the 10th, 1969. We have his recorded legacy on these uh, wonderful albums, and uh, his music uh, carries on. Hope you enjoyed the jazz feature. This is The Jazz Show on CITR FM 101.9 or on your computer, www.citr.ca. My name's Gavin Walker, and we'll be right back after these announcements. We've got uh, another obscure musician right now, a wonderful guitar player coming up by the name of Ray Crawford. And um, we'll check him out on uh, a wonderful album that he did back in the day. We don't need to tell you that Vancouver has a housing problem. Mass evictions. Mass evictions. Unfair rent increases. What happened to rent control and protection from unfair eviction? If these or other housing matters concern you, you may be interested in joining the Vancouver Tenants Union. For more information, visit tenantsunion.ca. You're biking, you're biking, you're biking. Oh no! Something broke and you need it fixed or you need to learn how to fix it. And the AMS Bike Co-op and Bike Kitchen have been there for you. And now is your chance to be there for them. Come out November 10th to Gam Gallery at 110 East Hastings from 7 p.m. to midnight for Pedaling Art, their second annual fundraiser and bike art auction in collaboration with Our Community Bikes. So share the love. Make it out. All right. Here is uh, a gentleman that, uh, again, <laughs> is a rather obscure figure. Wonderful guitar player by the name of Ray Crawford. And um, Ray uh, distinguished himself in the 1950s by playing uh, guitar with uh, Ama Jamal for many years, uh, the great pianist. Um, Ahmad had a trio together with guitar, bass, and piano. And Ray was his uh, 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 guitarist. And after uh, uh, Ama changed the format of his trio, um, decided to use bass and drums, much like Oscar Peterson did uh, in the late 50s. He switched over from uh, guitar, bass, uh, as a trio to uh, bass and drums. So Ray Crawford moved on. He did an album for Candid Records. It was a short-lived, very high-quality record label in uh, New York City. And unfortunately, this was toward the end uh, before Candid bit the dust. And this record didn't get a lot of distribution. And it became a collector's item. And we're going to hear a couple of tracks from it. The album is called Smooth Groove. And it features guitarist Ray Crawford and a company of very fine musicians, including one of my favorite trumpet players, Johnny Coles from Philadelphia, and, of course, the wonderful baritone saxophone work of Cecil Payne. 
And on piano from Chicago, Junior Mance and Ben Tucker on bass. And Thelonious Monk's drummer of the time, Frankie Dunlop. And all of this was recorded in New York City in February of 1961. So we're going to hear three tunes uh, from this album, the Ray Crawford Sextet, and you'll hear his wonderful guitar stylings. Uh, the first tune is his own composition. It's called the Compendium Suite. And then the second tune is a ballad uh, with no horns on that, just Ray in the rhythm section. And it's his own composition called Impossible. And tune number three is entitled Miss April. So here then, the guitar stylings of the one and only Ray Crawford. Thank you. 
We heard Ray Crawford, wonderful guitar player, originally from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And he was born February 7th, 1924, and lived to age 73. He died in, on December 30th, 1997, in his hometown. Ray Crawford started his career and played in many bands as a saxophonist. And uh, unfortunately, um, like a lot of people from his generation, he got hit with uh, TB and, of course, had to, uh, you know, go, go to a hospital and all that kind of stuff. And because of the um, effect on the lungs, um, his doctors told him not to play horns anymore. Um, he would... Uh, ruin his lungs. So he picked up the guitar and uh, worked on that and perfected it and became um, a really fine stylist uh, on the guitar. And we heard uh, one of his very few albums recorded under his own name. Ray Crawford uh, recorded uh, this date for the obscure Candid label. They were a short-lived but a very high-quality uh, jazz label that existed in the uh, late 50s, early 60s. And uh, this album was recorded just before they went out of business and stopped doing jazz albums. And uh, unfortunately, this album didn't get the distribution that it deserved, and uh, it became a collector's item. So it's a, a rather rare item. And we heard three tracks from uh, this album. It's called Soul or Smooth Groove, Ray Crawford. Um, Ray, of course, distinguished himself for many years playing with uh, the great Ahmad Jamal in his um, working trio and uh, then went out on his own. He uh, recorded with Gil Evans, uh, the very famous album called Out of the Cool. And if you hear a guitar on that record, that's Ray Crawford. And, uh, of course, he uh, has a couple of tunes where he, uh, he almost steals the show. Great, great player, uh, overlooked Ray Crawford. So here he was with um, a really stellar group of musicians with uh, uh, Philadelphia's great little trumpet player, Little Johnny C., Johnny Coles. And on baritone saxophone, one of the uh, 
more unique voices of that instrument, Cecil Payne. Cecil Payne. And on piano, Junior Mance from Chicago, Ben Tucker on bass, and Thelonious Monk's drummer of the time, Frankie Dunlop. And all of this was recorded in February of 1961 in New York City. The tunes, we heard the Compendium Suite was the uh, opening track, and then we heard a Ray Crawford. Uh, these are all Ray Crawford originals, too. Uh, the second tune was a ballad that he wrote, and no horns uh, were on that. It was Ray in the rhythm section, and the tune was called Impossible. And uh, the final tune was the relaxed, bluesy thing called Miss April. Ray Crawford, composer, guitarist, and, in this case, band leader. You are listening to The Jazz Show on CITR-FM 101.9 or on your computer, www.citr.ca. We'll be back in a few minutes, and we're going to pay tribute next to one of the great, and I do mean great, voices of the alto saxophone. Unbelievably talented man. Sonny Chris. Today is his birthday anniversary, and uh, we'll get to him right after these important messages, beginning with this one. Last night, I left the bar. I was thirsty, and I don't drink wine. I was desperate. I needed blood. I turned to the only place I could. The only place that could possibly help me. Hello, Canadian Blood Services. Hello. I need some blood. A. Positive or negative, it doesn't matter. I'm sorry, we're all out of A positive and negative. Would you like some O instead? No. No, that won't do. Thank you. Good night. Save me. Save yourself. Give blood. Voluntarily. This message was brought to you courtesy of the Canadian Blood Services and CITR Radio 101.9 FM. Without the help and support of our friends, we here at CITR wouldn't be able to bring you all the great music, art, cinema, and culture that you love. Thanks to the long-standing support from the Rio Theatre, we are able to keep you informed on all the great artists, films, and everything else coming to town there. For all the current information about who and what's playing at the Rio Theatre, visit their website at www.riotheatre.ca.
Well, we've got some pretty good news about the weather. Uh, tonight is mainly cloudy with a low of 8, and tomorrow will be quite pleasant, a mix of sun and cloud with a low of 8 and a high of 15. And then a little bit of a downturn for Wednesday, cloudy with a 40% chance of a shower. That's not great, but 40% is not too bad, with a low of 8 and a high of 13. And then the forecast for the rest of the week looks really, really good. It looks as though we're going to get that nice, sunny um, period of uh, fall weather that happens every year. What do they call it? Um, Indian summer? Um, Okay. (laughs) Uh, It looks as though that's going to happen, and um, uh, according to the forecast. So, We've been sort of waiting for that to uh, to return because all of a sudden it became, you know, cold and damp and you know, the usual rain stuff. But um, we always sort of have this uh, the, this period of uh, uh, nice sunny weather before uh, the November uh, blahs kicked in. And uh, it looks as though it's going to happen this week. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday is the predicted days that uh, is going to happen. Sunny, all of those days. And temperatures between uh, lows going down to 5 or 6 and highs up to 14 and 15. And so nice days for um, getting out on a bicycle or walking or just enjoying um, Vancouver as much as you can. There you go. So that looks good that forecast. Sonny Chris was a formidable alto saxophonist. He was born in Memphis, Tennessee on this day in 1927. And he taught himself how to play the saxophone. He moved to Los Angeles at age 15 and he went on to play Um, He was on a professional level and went on to play with all kinds of bands, including uh, a group led by trumpeter Howard McGee, which also featured Charlie Parker. And Sonny Chris had his own uh, style, and he was very confident at the time. And uh, he, Charlie Parker, of course, was so such a genius in music that he <laughs> scared a lot of people. Sonny Chris um, was once quoted as saying that uh, he, he never minded jamming with Parker. He, he, he said, I wasn't afraid of him. I just played what I did, and he did what he did, and we got along just fine. And in 1947, um, he got a real break and uh, joined uh, Norman Grants and his uh, Jazz at the Philharmonic uh, uh, touring jam session. And uh, then later on in the 50s, he signed with, uh, with Imperial Records, a small label that was basically um, R&B, but they, they signed Sonny Chris, and he made some iconic albums for that label. But his career really, really never did uh, take off in a, in, in a big way, and he was, he was sort of designated as a, a rather obscure um, but talented musician, but he should have, even in the 50s, been a lot better known. Um, in the early 60s, he decided to pack his bags and head for Europe, uh, as a lot of musicians did. And he was um, just he really enjoyed over there. He, he, he appeared on television. He um, uh, was uh, honored for his musicianship. 
uh, and his great sound that he got on the instruments, and, and uh, he got the recognition that, that he really deserved over there. And he did make some recordings there. But, uh, of course, back in the day, you made recordings in Europe. Very few people could get them over here. Uh, and so, um, anyway, long story short, Sonny returned to his uh, adopted hometown of Los Angeles and uh, continued um, a bit of a study in frustration. But he did send a demo disc to Prestige Records and recorded uh, some wonderful albums for that label uh, throughout the 60s. And uh, that was his highest profile. And he put out uh, about seven or eight just great albums for the Prestige label. And um, we featured some of them on the show. And he um, later recorded uh, for uh, Muse Records and Impulse. But uh, what happened, of course, um, by the end of the 60s, things started to slow down for Sonny. Um, he was drinking a lot, and uh, he had dabbled in drugs and so on. But he decided to pack all of that in and uh, worked for the California government and not only had a chance to play, but he lectured uh, to young people, especially in inner cities, about the perils of drugs and alcohol and that, and that kind of thing. And that kept him going throughout the 70s. And he also managed to record uh, some wonderful albums. And unfortunately, he was booked for a tour of Japan. It was going to be his first and, of course, he had to go and get examined by a doctor before he could get all his papers straightened out. And they discovered inoperable stomach cancer. Sonny was told that he would have um, not long to live. The cancer was terminal. And he decided uh, to take his own life because he wanted to avoid all the stuff that comes with that horrible ailment. And he committed suicide, self-inflicted gunshot, and died on November 19th, 1977. He was only 50 years old. So a rather sad end to a career that was um, came in fits and starts. And Sonny Chris, to this day, deserves a lot more recognition. He is one of the master voices of the alto saxophone. When you hear him play, he sings through the horn. There is really no one that sounds like Sonny Chris. And um, I'm going to play you some recordings that he made when he was during this very, very happy period when he was over in Europe. And these recordings to this day are, are fairly obscure and hard to find. The first one was done in Paris in uh, October of 1962, and it features Sonny on alto, of course, alto saxophone, uh, the great Henri Renault on piano, Michel Gaudry on bass, and Philippe Combel on drums. And we're going to hear four tunes. Uh, the first one is called Mighty Low, a tune written by Milt Buckner, the pianist, organist, and then a ballad, Don't Blame Me. And um, then a tune uh, by uh, um, 
Paul Francis Webster, great tune called Black Coffee. And uh, then a wonderful tune by Frankie Lane uh, uh, called We'll Be Together Again. And, uh, this, and then we'll go on to another session that he did a little bit later over in Paris. But uh, these four tunes kick off our tribute to the great William Sonny Chris. Thank you. 
We heard four tracks by the great Sonny Chris, recorded in Paris on October 10th, 1962, with uh, Henri Renault on piano, uh, Michel Godre on bass, and Philippe Combelle on drums. And uh, the four tunes we heard, we opened with the blues, uh, written by pianist Milt Buckner, called Mighty Low. And then we heard um, a great Jimmy McHugh tune called Don't Blame Me. And then a nice bluesy version of the great Paul Francis Webster tune, Black Coffee, that Peggy Lee made famous. And the final tune was a nice version of Frankie Lane's We'll Be Together Again. Now, we're going to take Sonny Chris uh, a little bit later in April of 1963 uh, with uh, some slightly different musicians. And, of course, Sonny is once again on alto saxophone with uh, George Arvanitas, who plays both piano and organ on uh, uh, these tracks, and uh, René Thomas on guitar, Pierre Michelot on bass, and once again, uh, Philippe Combelle on drums. And we're going to hear um, a tune by Sonny Chris, uh, which is in two parts. And it's Early and Later, Part 1, Early and Later, Part 2. And the tune number three is called Blues pour Flirter. Compositions by Sonny Chris and some incredible playing by this great master of the alto saxophone. Thank you. 
the great Sonny Chris playing blues. He could do it. Um, we heard Georges Arvanitas, who doubled on piano and organ, René Thomas on guitar, Pierre Michelot on bass, and uh, Philippe Combelle on drums, and of course, the magic voice of the great alto saxophonist Sonny Chris. We heard um, a blues in two parts, early and later, part one, and early and later, part two. And then the slow blues that uh, just finished was entitled Blues pour Flirter. Of course, created by Sonny Chris. We're not quite finished with our tribute to this great musician. We're going to return to um, the um, band with uh, Georges Arvanitas on piano, uh, René Thomas on guitar, Pierre Michelot on bass, and Philippe Combelle on drums. And here are two final tunes on our tribute to this uh, great musician. We're going to hear him do a standard uh, on Green Dolphin Street. And we're going to finish with the uh, great tune that has been attributed and made famous by Billie Holiday, who was one of Sonny Chris's favorite people and musicians and singers. And Sonny Chris is going to do for you God Bless the Child. So here then, our final tribute to this great musician, Sonny Chris and company, all recorded in Paris and Green Dolphin Street.
Yeah, I think that's a fitting closer to the legacy of the great Sonny Chris. William Sonny Chris was born in Memphis, Tennessee, moved to Los Angeles when he was 15. He was born in Memphis October 23rd, today in 1927, and died age 50 in Los Angeles, 19th of November, 1977. Sonny was one of the great voices of the alto saxophone, and we heard a lot of recordings, all done during a very happy period in his life when he um, moved over to Paris for a while and just enjoyed um, being a celebrity. That had never really happened in the States, and uh, respected for his music, his artistry, his personality, and um, he appeared on TV and made some very fine records uh, over there. And, of course, they were pretty hard to, to get. And uh, I decided, as a tribute to Sonny, to play these rather rare recordings all recorded in Paris. So the last two selections, of course, were the standard, Green Dolphin Street, written by Bronislaw Caper, and a tune associated, of course, with Billie Holiday, God Bless the Child. And we heard Sonny with George Arfanitas on piano, René Thomas on guitar, Pierre Michelot on bass, and Philippe Combel on drums, and uh, recorded early 1963 in Paris. And so ends our tribute to the great alto saxophonist Sonny Chris. Of course, his music uh, will never be a stranger on uh, the jazz show, which is what you're listening to right now, The Jazz Show. <laughs> My name's Gavin Walker, and we're here every Monday night with some of the very best in jazz music. And, uh, of course, uh, we'd like to just acquaint you with a couple of websites before we carry on with uh, some more music. Um, two websites, uh, really important ones. The first one is the website of the Coastal Jazz and Blues Society. That's coastaljazz.ca. Now, Coastal Jazz is also the sponsor of Frankie's uh, Jazz Club, which, is, of course, is uh, one of the leading jazz venues in Vancouver. And it's choreographed and um, musically programmed by Corey Weeds, who, of course, uh, owned the cellar for so many years and is a very, very fine musician in his own right. And uh, Corey knows um, how to program properly, and uh, he does does it very well at uh, Frankie's. So you can get on to the um, Coastal Jazz and Blues website, which is coastaljazz.ca, and you can check out the schedule, uh, up-and-coming appearances of uh, people at Frankie's and decide who you want to see. You can make reservations. You can pay for them. You can do everything on that website. And, of course, Coastal Jazz are the people that bring you the big jazz festival, and, and they have ongoing concerts throughout the year. Uh, they produced the great concert that uh, many, many people heard out at the Chan Center last Wednesday um, with the band Hudson. And um, Coastal Jazz continues to bring some of the finest artists and music to Vancouver. So, uh, with that in mind, uh, I'd like to also mention another great venue uh, for jazz, and that is Pat's Pub, which is down in the historic Patricia Hotel and every Saturday, they have some of the best in jazz music, some great music down there. Um, 
very comfortable venue, lots of parking, all that sort of stuff, and good food and uh, lots of um, interesting beverages as well. So uh, from 3 to 7 every Saturday afternoon, and it's free. There's no cover charge. You can hear some of the best musicians um, in existence right here uh, in Vancouver, and uh, they put together various bands down there at Pat's Pub. So check out Pat's. Great place. And, of course, as I mentioned before, coastaljazz.ca for um, all of that. Another fine website is Brian Nation's website, uh, which is uh, programmed by Brian Nation and and, uh, uh, administered by him. He's an old friend of mine and great uh, uh, connoisseur of music and art and so on and so forth. Um, Brian's website has been up for many years, and that's vancouverjazz.com. And there's uh, many, many interesting um, links on that site as well. So if you're not familiar with those two uh, websites, most people have computers and iPhones, all that kind of stuff, check them out. And uh, you'll find out a lot about uh, the jazz scene right here in Vancouver and what's going on and some of the people uh, involved in making that scene happen. All right, with that in mind, we're going to turn things over to someone who celebrated just recently on the 21st of October, his 100th birthday anniversary, and that is John Burke's Dizzy Gillespie. Dizzy, of course, was a pioneer of modern jazz and a person that brought in all kinds of different elements uh, to jazz music as well, including uh, Cuban music. Um, he, he just, he was able to assimilate uh, so much music that he heard around the world and yet made it a part of his uh, concept. And uh, Dizzy was, well, what can I say about Dizzy Gillespie? Um incredible musician. No one played the trumpet like Dizzy. No one. And uh, as I said, he was a pioneer of modern jazz, made some incredible historic recordings with Charlie Parker, and uh, led his own big band several times. We're going to take you to the Monterey Jazz Festival, 1965, September 10th, 1965, and Dizzy with his working band is going to play some tunes for you. So we're going to hear Dizzy Gillespie on trumpet, of course. James Moody, wonderful James Moody on flute and tenor saxophone. Kenny Barron on piano. And my old friend Christopher White on bass. Rudy Collins on drums. And added for this performance um, a gentleman named Larry Roy, better known as Big Black. And he's playing the conga drums. We're going to hear a short introduction by Dizzy. And then we're going to go into a tune written by Kenny Barron called Trinidad Goodbye. And we're going to follow that with a a beautiful ballad, actually, written by Tommy McIntosh featuring Dizzy on trumpet. It's called The Day After. And uh, the final tune that we're going to hear is an old Calypso tune goes way back in time, 
and uh, Dizzy brought that into the band. It's kind of a, a comedy relief tune, and that's going to be that's going to end the set for us. But uh, we'll hear the full range of uh, the talent of Dizzy Gillespie as recorded at the Monterey Jazz Festival, September tenth, nineteen sixty-five. John Burks Gillespie. Dizzy Gillespie. <laughs> uh. Hi, neighbors. Hi, Uncle Dad. Cool. That's close enough for jazz. Thank you. 
Thank you. Thank you. You're very kind, ladies and gentlemen, with your magnificent exuberance. <laughs> Damn near tore us up. <laughs> We'd like to play a, a ballad now that was composed by a brilliant younger arranger composers, Tom McIntosh, and dedicated to the memory of the late Billy Holiday, the late great one. Thank you. This one is titled, The Day After.
went to Benny, Joe had one just too many. So when Sue said, it's time to leave, Joe started rolling up his sleeve. He tried to beat the wife. He numbed lose his life. Every time he raised his hand, she knocked him in the head with the frying pan. He got up off the floor and tried to reach the door. But she got him as he ran and knocked him in the head with the frying pan. as big as that. He tried to whoop his wife. He nearly blowed his life. Every time he raised his hand, she struck him. He got up off the floor and tried to reach the door. But she got him as he ran and knocked him in the head with some red hot chili grease. Without a scratch, but now I'm afraid he's Matty Mash. He tried to whoop his wife. He damn near bloated. Every time he raised his hand, she knocked him in the head with the frying pan. Above the floor and tried to reach the door. But she got him as he ran and knocked him in the head with the frying pan.
And with that, of course, Dizzy Gillespie. He was, uh, did everything. He was such a great entertainer as well and such a serious musician when he put that trumpet uh, to his lips. And uh, those uh, incredible cheeks would, uh, would blow out. Anybody that ever saw Dizzy Gillespie in person, um, if they had never seen him before, uh, would be quite shocked um, at uh, at those uh, his uh, his cheeks would uh, would pop out while he was uh, playing, and uh, that was part of uh, kind of a, a showmanship routine as well. Dizzy Gillespie was a, a marvelous entertainer, and yet a very very serious musician, and of course one of the great pioneers of jazz music. So we heard him in performance here with his working band. Uh, at the Monterey Jazz Festival, uh, September 10th, or September 19th, uh, 1965. And uh, we heard a brief introduction, tune up, and then we went into Kenny Barron's great tune called Trinidad Goodbye. And then we, uh, Dizzy, announced the ballad written for Billie Holiday by Tommy McIntosh called The Day After. And we ended with an old Calypso favorite called Poe Joe. And uh, everybody had a good time with that one. Dizzy on trumpet, James Moody on tenor saxophone and flute, Kenny Barron at the piano, Christopher White on bass, Rudy Collins on drums, and Big Black on conga drums, adding to the uh, proceedings here. At the Monterey Jazz Festival. Mm Mm-hmm. And we shall return in a moment we just like to tell you that uh, this is The Jazz Show, and my name's Gavin Walker. You're listening to CITR 101.9, broadcasting from UBC's Point Grey campus, located on the traditional, unceded, Coast Salish territory of the Hunkaminam-speaking Musqueam people. Indigitization is a program that provides resources and training for First Nations and Aboriginal organizations throughout British Columbia. Come out November 24th from 1 to 4 p.m. in room 2311 in the AMS Nest for a three-hour workshop that will engage participants in a conversation about the unique context of working with Indigenous cultural heritage materials, as well as introduce the tools and equipment necessary to digitize audio cassettes for long-term preservation. going to turn things over now to one of the great exponents of the Hammond organ. I'm talking about Richard Groove Holmes. And we're going to hear him with Joe Pass on guitar and Lawrence Marable on drums. And uh, we're going to let Richard Groove Holmes take care of some business here on the Hammond organ. Um, The first tune is his own called Sweatin'. And the second tune is a wonderful tune written by pianist Duke Pearson called Janine. And after that, um, we're going to hear a tune written by the great pian- another pianist, great pianist, Bobby Timmons. And he wrote this tune called Dish Here. So here are three tunes by Richard Groove Holmes. 
We heard three by the great Hammond organist Richard Groove Holmes. Uh, he played some of the best bass lines uh, I've ever heard on the, on the Hammond organ. He had a very distinctive approach to that instrument. And we heard, of course, along with him, the great Joe Pass on guitar and Lawrence Marable on drums. And three tunes. We opened with one called Sweatin', which was uh, written by Groove Holmes. And then uh, two tunes by two different um, pianists. Um, tune number two was written by Duke Pearson called Janine. And tune number three was written by Bobby Timmons. And that was his tune called Dish Here. Groove Holmes, yeah, legendary Hammond organist and one of the most distinctive. We're going to close this show with a couple of tunes um, from an album that came out uh, by arranger, conductor, composer, A.K. Salim, Ahmad Katab Atkinson was his... uh, birth name, and um, he was known as A.K. Salim. Rather elusive figure in music. He was an arranger-composer. He, used to, he was formerly a saxophone player, but he took up arranging and composing, and, and that's, that's what he did. He wrote for Duke Ellington's orchestra, wrote for Basie's orchestra, and al- also um, did some very, very fine records on his own, including this one, uh, which came out on the Savoy label called Pretty for the People. And uh, it featured an all-star group of musicians. Kenny Dorham on trumpet, the uncrowned king. Buster Cooper on trombone. Johnny Griffin, the little giant, on tenor saxophone. Pepper Adams on baritone saxophone. Winton Kelly on piano. Paul Chambers on bass. Max Roach on drums. And Chino Pozo on conga drums. And we're going to hear two tunes from this album. Um, both compositions, of course, by A.K. Salim. Uh, Shirley Ray is tune number one, and Baluie Du is tune number two. So here, then, is the music of A.K. Salim.
A.K. Salim and Company, Ahmad Katab Salim, who conducted, arranged, and composed all of that music with this incredible ensemble. Kenny Dorham on trumpet, Buster Cooper on trombone, Johnny Griffin on tenor saxophone, Pepper Adams on baritone saxophone, Winton Kelly on piano, Paul Chambers on bass, Max Roach on drums, and Chino Pozo on the conga drums, all recorded September 17, 1957, for Savoy Records. And we heard three tunes uh, from this uh, session called Pretty for the People. We heard um, all, of course, composed by A.K. Salim. Uh, Shirley Ray was the first tune. Baluie Du was the second tune. And the up-tempo um, thing that we closed the set with, Taking Care of Business, A.K. Salim. That's it for another edition of The Jazz Show on CITR-FM 101.9 or on your computer, www.citr.ca. I'd like to thank you very much for being out there this evening and hope that you enjoyed all the music that you heard. And we'll be back on October 30th, Halloween Eve. Hmm. We have some, uh, a few Halloween specials to play. And we have a very mysterious jazz feature artist that I don't think anybody's ever heard of. He's a wonderful saxophone player. His name was Hank Bagby. Doesn't ring a bell, does it? Will you hear him play? And um, that's going to wrap up our month of um, obscure and rather unknown artists as um, our jazz features for the month of October. So join us if you can next week. My name's Gavin Walker. Thank you very much for being out there. And the weather's going to be beautiful from uh, uh, Thursday on. Uh, we're really going to get into that nice sunny fall weather that we've been uh, uh, wishing for. So enjoy it. And we'll see you next Monday at 9 p.m. That's when we start. Bye-bye.
Thank you.